What's up, friends? Welcome back. We titled this episode, The Waiting and How to Be Okay When You Don't Know the Outcome of Life. And let me tell you, Jim and I, my therapist, who if you've been around here at all, you know Jim is a regular on the podcast. I'll link some of his other episodes that he's been on in the show notes. But This episode could not be more timely for my life. And let me tell you, Jim and I recorded this actually a couple of months ago. So I'm super grateful that this was up in the queue to be able to post. I listened to it again this morning and it just really ministered deeply to my heart. And man, you guys, Jim's wisdom is just gold. I mean, anybody who's worked with human beings for over 40 years just knows his stuff. And thank God Jim is still working on himself and just going deeper and deeper. And so I'm really grateful for people like Jim who have dedicated their life to helping us get through our lives. And some of the things that Jim talks about, you know, he talks about us learning the language of our own souls. And he also mentioned this one line about how these wounds or these things that we've been through in life, they've driven nails into our soul. They've driven nails into the post of who we are. And it was just, it's so beautiful to think about how as we journey through this life, that God sends us messengers or people or human beings to help heal these places in us. You guys know I'm a firm believer in community. It's one of the reasons why we created the Feel Better Journey community and, and all of that. But one of the things that I think is just so profound is how God uses one another to heal one another. And I think it's the Holy Spirit in us and in all of that. And so anyways, it's just this episode really ministered to my heart and hearing Jim's heart and perspective on it. And I shared a little bit about my life And it's just interesting, the timing, as I listened to it this morning, I was like, man, Lord, this is exactly what I needed today. So I just want you to know, no matter what you're walking through, no matter what you're feeling, no matter what you're carrying, I want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know that you will get through this. And a friend sent me a quote a couple weeks ago, and it basically said, give yourself a hug because you've made it through all your worst days. And you guys, there's something profound about how even though we're going through hard times, we keep showing up the best we can for the people in our lives and for the Lord and for ourselves. And so I just want you to know I'm so proud of you and you're so brave to even be doing this work and to be looking at your side of the street, so to speak, and how you can find more healing. I'm really, really grateful for this community and I'm really grateful for the perspective that Jim brings about us when we are triggered in the circumstances of life. And we all have things in our lives that, trust me, can trigger us, right? We have scary things. We have frustrating things. We have infuriating things. We have all these things. It's like, how can we use these incidents, these circumstances, as a way to partner with God to be able to minister to these deeper parts of us, right? Because we all have these deeper parts. Some of us deal with abandonment issues. Some of us deal with rejection issues. Some of us deal with this deeply profound fear and dread and oh no, oh no, what's coming next? And you guys, it's all of these circumstances that happen in our lives, no matter how hard they can be, they truly can be looked at as ways to be able to minister deeply and richly to these places. So anyways, I hope you enjoy the episode. Sit back, enjoy, grab yourself an iced tea. If you're driving, man, keep your eyes on the road. But I hope this episode blesses you. I'm so grateful you're here. And if you're new around here, please head to the show notes or even if you're a regular and you haven't signed up yet for my email list, please head to the show notes. There's a link in there. It'll say sign up for the email list. I send 
weekly encouragement and emails and, and that sort of thing. And I promise not to spam you. Trust me, it's hard enough to get one email a week out. So I won't be sending any more than that. But anyways, I'm here to encourage you. And that's what I'm here for. So I'm so grateful you're here. I hope this episode blesses you. Also, it gets a little colorful because apparently I really like the S word. So if you have little children or you're around other humans, maybe just put your AirPods in. I don't want to I don't want to offend any little children. So just a little heads up there. All right, you guys, I love you and I'm so grateful you're here. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to a Holy Mess podcast. All right, my friends, we all know life can be so difficult and painful at times, especially when we're carrying grief or loss or wrestling with shame about our past, anxiety about our future, or frankly, like we are just not enough. But there has to be so much more for us. There is hope and joy, peace, love, fun, purpose, and a reason that you, my friend, are on this planet. Let's partner with God so you can be who he created you to be as you wrestle through and trudge through your mess. Hi, I'm Danny, a recovering alcoholic, a mom, a wife, a mentor, and dust. We are only here for a moment. Let's live like it. I'm just like you. I'm a holy mess most days. Actually, every day. Let's have some fun and laugh while trudging through our mess. This stuff doesn't need to be dry and boring. Let's dig in. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Hi, Danny. Hey, it's good to see you again. You too. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. So what we're going to talk about today that I want you to help people with, because I think it's so common, is that when we're living in between, right? Mm -hmm. There's things that are on our mind, things that are on our heart, things that we're uncertain about, but we can't fix them yet, right? And it could be a wayward child that's in between. It could be a health issue. I got a CT scan and I haven't got the news back from. It can be some other situation unfolding in my life that I just can't fix yet. Mm -hmm. And I've got to live in this waiting period, which is full of anxiety, right? Our head just gets going and we start to get all worried and our body starts to hijack us, right? It's so common because really, if you think about it, we're always waiting for something. Mm -hmm. There's always something, right? Nobody's totally finished. Our kids are still growing up or they're still, who knows what's going to happen. You know, this situation's happening. I don't know, but you know, my bad knee, if I got to get a you know, knee job done, you know, we're always sort of in between in something in our life. Nothing's, it's never totally in focus and finished, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you're in a great position to, if you could speak to this idea, how do you live in between? How do you live when you have to wait and you can't know? How do I find peace in the waiting? Well, I think you're asking the wrong person. <laughs> Just being honest, my whole life is a waiting room. And I think it's life. I think that the reality is life is like whack-a-mole until we get to this place of surrender and just realize all the moles are under there anyways. Might as well just unearth the dirt and just live in reality as it is and get cozy with the uncomfortable. I mean, life is a shit show constantly. If, you know, my kids are doing phenomenal right now. The angst in my heart, I'm worried about this business, my husband's, like, there's always something. Last year, it was my son. I was so worried about my son and what was going to happen. And honestly, as I see this next season, I'm like, man, this is when I'm like, God renews the years the locusts have eaten. I see God works together for all things for the good. And so I think it's this ebb and flow. 
And I'm learning that it's really about being present in me and riding the waves in a healthy way so that I don't make the situation worse or make people's lives worse around me because I'm a porcupine bear who just can't, you know, embrace reality. And I can't fight the sun coming up in the morning any more than I can fight most of the things in my life. And the only thing I truly control sometimes is my reaction and response. And I say sometimes because sometimes my reaction and response is so involuntary. And then I just beat myself up for how I reacted wrong or how I responded wrong. And then I have to kind of go around the whole headspace of, well, of course I responded that way. It's like all this self-talk and it's life's exhausting, but it's also this beautiful adventure. And there are glimmers of great things that come through the shittiest things and the hardest things that we walk through. And that's my belief. That's my mantra. I'm holding on. My faith is what in life turning out for the best for my good is my paradigm now. It has to be. Otherwise, there's no point. There's no point. I mean, honestly, like I would have given up years ago if I didn't have this eternal optimism that I've been trying to like cling to and despair and shame trying to break yeah. out. Yeah, so it's, a, it's sort of holding those together, right? Is there's this fear and anxiety and despair with parts of, of optimism and peace in the process. Yeah, and to be truthful, the fear and despair and anxiety, yes, they were triggered by the situation, but truly it's just my teacher in the moment of what's deeper. What does the deeper part of Danny need? Since childhood, since before, since in the womb, I've needed stability. I've needed security. I, it's what I was created for, right? And so anytime anything triggers instability or insecurity or rejection or abandonment, I go crazy. I lose my mind for a second. So it's my job to take care of Danny and go, oh, that's just, that's just the primitive part of me that needs some comfort. Of course, the situation's crazy. It's all going to work out because that's the way I believe it's going to work out. And it's a way healthier way for me to live, mindset-wise, heart-set, body-set, all the things. So, But I think it's looking at these fears and anxieties as my teachers, not as my curses. And for so many years, Jim, you know this better than anybody, oh my gosh, my fear, my anxiety, my rejection, instability, all of those were curses to me. It was like, oh, that just painted the picture that Danny was screwed, Danny's unworthy, Danny, you know, and as these years of doing this inner healing work, I've realized through a lot of brilliant teachers in that these hard things are actually growing me and helping me get more stable in myself and honestly growing my faith and growing my connection with my creator and connection with other human beings where I can be real and vulnerable. And total side note, there's a situation going on in our life right now where someone got caught in a web of lies. And I feel for them, even though their lies hurt me and hurt us so extraordinarily much. I feel for them because there was a time in my life when I was caught in those webs and all I did was lie. I was manipulating my way through life and lying and it was like exhausting and horrible. And now the truth sets you free because it's just an easier way to live. <laughs> like it's just way easier to not have to mitigate more drama and be honest with our limitations and be honest with our situation and be honest with our motives. I think the end of the day, the hardest stuff that we go through, for me, how I get through it, Jim, 
this is a very long answer to your short question, but how I get through it is try to get 30,000 foot view that this situation is not actually the issue that's going on. The issue that's going on is the explosive thing that went off in me, fear, shame, anxiety, all of those. And how do I nurture with the power of the Holy Spirit? Like, how do I bring healing and nurture to those places? Sometimes it's through community. Sometimes it's through going on a walk. Sometimes it's through therapy. Sometimes it's through eating a healthy meal. Sometimes it's through being very intentional to get nine hours of sleep because four hours of sleep, Danny, is a bitch. (laughs) Like, let's just be real. Okay, so what I'm hearing you say is the the challenge is to refocus what's really going on, Mm -hmm. right? And to put the problem inside versus outside. Exactly. To look inside with grace, I'm sure, you know, and compassion. But it's always always an inside job of how do I take care of that deeper wound or deeper instability, the deeper fears and anxieties that are in me. Exactly. Nurture that part of me. And be able then to speak to and nurture and love that part of me so that then the outside stuff has less power. Yeah. And it's really easy to talk mm-hmm. about, Jim. It's really hard to do. Right. So let's give some specific examples. So I have a friend right now struggling financially. She's a real estate loan broker and loans are down. So she's struggling because she's worried about her mortgage. OK, so, yes, that is definitely an external issue that she needs to figure out, okay, am I going to stay in this job? Am I going to try to drum up more business? Like there's definitely external things that need to be worked on. However, the deeper thing going on and the root that's bothering her is her fear of instability and her fear of, oh my gosh, am I going to have to downsize? And that's going to disappoint my four kids. And oh my gosh, is my husband going to have to change his job and maybe travel out of... So It's the deeper thing of that instability and fear that it's triggered in her and anxiety. And so another example would be a child. Let's say you have a 20-year-old kid who's off the rails. Okay, so yes, we're concerned about that 20-year-old kid off the rails. Of course, who? what parent wouldn't be? But I think what it triggers in us, a little bit of like, oh God, what did I do wrong? Like, I think it triggers, oh shit, I blew it. Or I should have saw this coming when he was seven or when she was seven or when she or, oh, my gosh, is there anything I can do right now? How can I rescue this kid from this situation? When the reality is, once your kids like teenagers, I'm learning, I feel like I've already lost a lot of control and my kids are still in the home. So, I mean, I'm just being real. I feel like now I'm just trying to be a bumper. So but the deeper thing is, yes, the kids off the rails, but the deeper thing is what it triggers in us fear of that kid's future. You know, because we also project all our pain on those that we love and we want to protect them from that. And that's God's gift. So it's beautiful, too. When we struggle because someone else is struggling, especially our children or our spouse or our friends, that shows the compassion and love of Christ in us. I mean, there's so many people that don't struggle. So it's like that's got to be the love of God that's exuding out of us. So I always am trying to get away. And it's hard because I'm a pit bull and Jim knows this. I'm tenacious and I get so I'm justice minded. So I get very lost on the one specific issue, but it's always the deeper thing going on. And that's the only thing I have control of healing. I can't fix what's going to happen externally with my kids, what decisions they're going to make. I can try to control them, but I think that only causes more issues. So really, in a way, it's like that refocusing inside. Mm-hmm. Identify and it's, it's the usual suspects, right? Yeah. They keep reappearing. The same stuff keeps reappearing. Finding ways to be compassionate and caring towards that self. There's probably some real practical things with boundaries and 
do I look on my kid's Facebook or not? You know, mm-hmm. do I even want to know what their Instagram looks like? You know, uh, I may not want to know it if I can't handle it, you know, uh, and I, and I'm doing some practical things to help me not be triggered so much. But when I am triggered, it sounds like, and I heard you say, I really try to find gratitude for those triggers instead of resisting them, right? Fighting them, that which resist persist. In a sense, I sort of receive them as gifts for me. That's so hard to do, Danny, when it's someone got cancer or someone's spouse is leaving or their kids are like, you know, drinking too much. Very hard to receive. But when the minute you receive it, you start to now change how you relate to it. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's the goal. It is hard because I know for many years when you would say this to me, I'd be like, Jim, you're so full of shit. Like, how do you do this? Like, this is hard. And how can I look at this stuff as a gift? I think that it's a gift in that because it brings to light what God is still trying to sanctify in us, if you want to put it that way. Okay. So it's bringing to light our deeper places that need the love and the grace of God. How do we get that? Through community, through felt experience, right? These wounds need the love. And when something happens, that's the first thing. It's like it hits my wound of rejection, right? And so one of my core wounds is rejection and abandonment. So something could happen to someone else that doesn't have that core wound and they're worried about a different aspect of it where I'm like, oh, that was such a personal betrayal. That was such an abandonment rejection thing where someone else is like, what? Like, no, I just have fear about money or something, right? Where I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be homeless. You know, something like that. We have to find the perspective that when we're hurting, but how do we minister to those hurting places? And it's all through grace and compassion and love and, you know, yeah. not easy. It's not easy. I would say getting the language of my own soul. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a language that'll, that'll help me understand my own process, my soul, the soulish needs in me, mm-hmm. the soul's challenges in me that are there. As long as I'm obsessed, it's easy to do. When we're under stress, when we're anxious, we're stressed. Mm-hmm. We hyper-focus on the things that feel threatening. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is I do this work to sort of create space for me to not over-focus. The tyranny of the urgent, right, takes over. That tyranny of that anxiety. And I'm trying to separate from that. It's so hard to do, right? So this could be walks, this could be tapping, this could be a polar plunge. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, going to a meeting and hearing someone else, mm-hmm. their journey that can get, help me get perspective on my journey, try to get sleep, Probably all these techniques. And sometimes they work and sometimes it's, oh my gosh, it's like pulling teeth, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It'd be so hard, right? Because we've had nails driven into the post of who we are and we're trying to pull these nails out. Mm-hmm. And man, I tell you, many times we don't have the right hammer to pull it out right and sometimes you need a big crowbar and it's like these things are driven deep into our soul and those are those wounds those primary wounds it was interesting I, i remember reading that some of the research shows that if mothers go through trauma especially in the second trimester right so months three to six of the baby's formation if the mother went through a trauma the risk for the child is much higher right well, what's happening? That child is brains forming and they're being flushed with stress hormones. Mm-hmm. This is physical. This is biological, right? That's going on. So we got to fight biology with biology. Mm-hmm. And so I'm doing chemical, you know, biological things to create inside of me, you know, changes to fight my own biology, right? Mm-hmm. So it's great. All those tools to help me create space and the physical tools and the mental tools. 
that image. Oh my gosh, Jim, the nailing into our souls. Like it's so accurate. It's so accurate. The only thing I would add, and this is just my personal belief, is that we can't do this work alone. We cannot heal ourselves by ourselves. And that is why we have to find good, safe, trustworthy people to process with and to share the things that we don't want to share with any other human. And because of embarrassment or shame or regret or anything else. And so I think that there's just no way to pull those nails on our own without causing more damage. And so, but that is such a beautiful illustration. And I think it's accurate. And I think that anyone who says it's just a prayer and a verse, man, let's find out what meds they're on. And I'd like some of those. That'd be great. This is why people want to anesthetize themselves. That's how they're drinking and smoking weed every day because they're just to live in their own body is so hard. So yeah. this sense of perspective, of putting the problem inside, of using those things that come and challenge us as gifts to teach us the deeper need inside of us. I love that. If it's too much of a stretch for you guys to call it a gift, which I get, okay? Like at this point, I've been doing this work for many years. So now I'm like, it's all a gift because of what it's growing in me. But 10 years ago, five years ago, I don't think I could have called it a gift, okay? Yeah. But let's call it a teacher. Let's call it, just ask the question, what's deeper? What's it hitting in me deeper than just the situation that I'm scared about paying my bills? Okay, I get it. Fear of financial stuff is hard, but what's the deeper thing? What did it hit? Just ask yourself, even if you're having an issue with your spouse, what is it hitting? deeper in you. That's how you're going to begin to unearth it so you can live in reality more comfortably. We can't always change our realities. The goal, though, is you guys to be able to live in it and thrive no matter what. And, you know, people who get diagnosed stage four cancer, that's hard. But I have friends who have stage four cancer that are living life to the fullest. They live life more to the full than me. Because they know their days are numbered. So it's like, I look at it like, oh my gosh, stage four cancer is a curse. They're looking at it like, yeah, it's kind of hard. I'm bummed, but it's a gift too, because I wouldn't have retired. I wouldn't have gone on all these trips. I wouldn't have met all these people. I wouldn't have found all this deeper meaning in life. What? Like, that's glorious. Like, if that's not a gift, I don't know what a gift is. That's beautiful. Wow, that's really good, Danny. So that's this radical openness to life. Yeah. This openness to all Mm -hmm. without attachment to outcomes, Mm -hmm. that it doesn't have to be an external outcome, that it's all an inside job. In a way, I'm surrendering it all, that there's something that has to happen out there for me to be okay. Yeah. That's hard. I mean, I tell you, we got people listening right now that have kids that are like in difficult situations. They have marriages that are dead ends. Mm -hmm. You know, they have health issues that are going to be, they could die of. Mm-hmm. You're saying all of it. There's nothing that isn't ultimately a teacher, maybe even a gift at some point. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the minute you call it a gift, it becomes a gift. Mm-hmm. When you can't call it a gift, it's not a gift. True. <laughs> right. It's a curse. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. It's all about changing perspective. And the only perspective we can control to change is our own. There's a saying in 12 uh, step programs fake it till you make it. What they're saying is try it on until it fits. They're not saying be deceitful. In fact, that's the absolute opposite of any recovery program. They're just saying, try it on until it fits. Try it on until you're comfortable. And learning, let me tell you, for me, learning to be more functional is way more difficult than just going back to old dysfunction. 
old dysfunctional Danny really likes to get pissed off about all the injustices. And it's just about those issues. But when you scratch the surface at all, it's the deeper things is really the issue inside. Yeah. Yeah. When you share that in community and you hear other people that are dealing with things that would like, you just can't imagine. Sure. And you actually see them living it. They, they probably the last person to say, I'm doing great, but you see them living life and being able to still find joy and purpose and peace in their life as it is. Wow. These are heroes. 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 So it's embracing it. You know, they say you move from things happening to you to things happening for you. Oh, that's hard. That's hard. It's really hard in the moment, right? But as we fight that, then when, when they happen for us, then we have that agency, right? So much of our despair is in our helplessness that we're just a subject to these, to life. Other people are making decisions, other things are going to happen. I'm just stuck until they do X, Y, or Z. And what you're saying is, no, I'm not. I get to find ways to have my own sense of self, wh whatever they do and whatever outcome happens, right? We're not invested in outcomes. The outcome in a certain sense on the outside doesn't matter as much as the inside practices to one day at a time to take care of myself. Danny, that's gold. That's gold, but it's so hard to do. So hard. So hard to practice that, right? To experience that, right? And depending on how big the trigger is, boy, you and I know tonight we could have a hard time sleeping. It could be like difficult, right? <laughs> so we want to, you know, have grace. Everybody has things. We always are living in between, mm -hmm. right? We're always on the journey and it's one day at a time and you're never there. In fact, well, another way to say it is you, you're there because you're here. Mm -hmm. This is it. This is, this is there, <laughs> right? Here is there. <laughs> Hello, my friend. If this episode blessed you, made you laugh, or triggered you, hey, that's growth. Please do me a favor and share this with a friend. And if you feel led, please leave a written review for the show. That really helps us out. Don't forget you are in good company if you're feeling more broken than you'd like to admit. And you are more loved than you can ever imagine. Have a great week. See you next time.